Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Wonderful to be here with you all tonight, this beautiful, crisp fall evening in Los Angeles, and what a delight it is to be able to say those words. <laughs> crisp evening. Mm. Uh, like food for the soul. Um, let's uh, find out who all is on the call with us tonight. Uh, Kelly, are you here with us? I'm here. Hi, Kelly. And uh, Stephen? I am. Hello, Stephen. And Hello. Uh, Tom? I'm here. Hi, Tom. Hey. And Amina? I'm here. Beautiful. Everybody's here. All the players are here. Great. Well, I am uh, <clears throat> going to invite um, Amina to pray us in tonight. So, Amina, why don't you open the clock with the blessing? Okay. Oh, so let's take a deep breath of love and gratitude together and center ourselves in this present moment, how grateful we are to join together for our class, how grateful we are to take this moment to connect in prayer and ground in our holy intention. We call upon beloved Father, Mother, God, I am presence, the Holy Spirit, all that there is, all of the beings of love and light to lead us and guide us, opening our hearts and our minds to the highest possibility, activating the highest level of listening, the highest level of speaking comprehension, knowing that everything we share is valuable and everything that is meant to be heard and shared and received will be done so with ease and with grace, spirit speaking through each one of us. And we release anything that blocks the awareness of the presence of love in our lives, anything that may inhibit our conversation, any fear, worry, or doubt, anxiety, anything that we've carried with us through the day, we gently release it now, so grateful to let go of all the false beliefs. And we declare ourselves divine perfection. We declare that we are unlimited possibilities, that we are limited, limitless love, that peace and joy and freedom are our true nature. And this is what we're calling forth. This is what we're claiming. And this is what we're sharing with all beings because we're one. And in grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm. Yes. Sorry, guys. I I just got a message come in from one of our practitioners that uh, I need to just answer them real quick so they're all clear.
I said, well, okay. just I said, All I'll right. Oh, okay, so, um, you know, I want to acknowledge that uh, for those of you who were on Skype for the Venerable Dahani uh, event, that uh, my computer died, and it was my, total my bad, but um, uh, I thought there was, I mean, it had 75% charge on it, so I was like, oh, we don't need a power cord. And I forgot that <laughs> people told me that uh, when, Vener- when Venerable's presence, like usually a lot of times uh, technology malfunctions. <laughs> and I had that experience the next morning when I woke up feeling like someone kicked my head in with a metal boot. And uh, as I always feel like when I'm in her presence, uh, it takes me a couple of days to adjust, and uh, then I get really emotional, like I'm going to cry on a dime. And then I, I was going to do Jennifer's radio show, and I, uh, like, my computer wasn't working, then my phone wasn't making, wasn't working. I was like, "Terrible! You got to give me some space. <laughs> I have things I need to do." So, uh, but, um, but I will say, guys, that you cut out right before she started answering questions, and. Uh, there weren't, there, I mean, uh, I, I'll get you the video as soon as uh, I can sync up with Brandon and download the video and send it out to you guys from Dropbox or something. But uh, um, a lot of the questions weren't, um, they, I was surprised that a lot of people didn't have questions. I thought the practitioners would have questions, but I think everyone was sort of just soaking in the essence and energy that um, a lot of people didn't, uh, I think, know what to say. <laughs> so, um, but I'd like to well, I'll just say I felt like we were stunned, and I didn't even know that we were going to have the opportunity to answer questions. Ask questions. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and and we were really kind of like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, so I'd like to just give everybody um, the opportunity to speak on your experience. So, Amita, why don't you, uh, you kind of started the party. Yeah, it, it was really profound, um, and this was the second time I had seen Venerable, and the first time I admittedly was quite distracted when she spoke last year, which it was still a powerful experience, but this time was really um, quite intense. And uh, I was sitting between Chris and Sushant and we were all, you know, had our hands open and were very focused and um, our hands were on fire. Um, I, I really loved everything she said, and I felt like she touched on a lot of areas, and um, everything was so valuable and profound, and I just, I loved just being in her presence. I loved the way she looked at people when she spoke and what she seemed to be saying to each one of us, and I got really, really teared up when she was acknowledging Tina. Um one, you know, seeing Tina so touched and so moved, but also just recognizing that Jessie's mother is such a blessing to our community. Like we don't have you without her, and um, and I'm just I'm so grateful for her, and I'm so grateful for you. So, um, you know, I just it really hit me hard, and I've definitely felt that before, but it was just, it was quite intense feeling, and um, it was a beautiful teaching, and it was, 
I'd, I'd love to to have the recording as well because I think it bears repeating. So thank you for bringing her and thank you. Uh, I was also so proud that every board member and every local practitioner was there. That just felt so good to me. I actually think every practitioner was there. Yeah, uh, every, local, every, every local practitioner was there. But even on Skype, though, I think every practi- I think every practitioner was there. Maybe not Mike Marinkovich, I'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure, but other mm-hmm. than that, every everyone was great. Yeah, very cool. So thank you. Yes. Oh gosh, and thank her. Um, who else would like to share? I would just kind of echo what uh, Nina said. I mean, even um, experiencing her uh, virtually was, um, I don't know, like her presence was just so um, charged, I guess, in some way that like I could, it was was like being there. And um, I look forward to being able to um, kind of hear it again because there were some points where like the audio would get a little tricky, but just enough little gems would kind of fall through. Like, I don't think I'll ever look at death bunnies the same way. For a little death bunny analogy. Mm, yeah, Cute. great. Right? <laughs> Anyone else? And so I'll share what, after we get the recording. I really was having, like, I couldn't hear almost any of it. Like, when I turned it up loud enough to hear, I got so much feedback, I couldn't understand it. So I, like, I, once we get the recording, I'll share, because I'm sure it's fabulous. But unfortunately, I didn't get much actually that night. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kel, just to um, kind of share, I was having the same issue when I, first um like connected in the feedback was really bad but i uh restarted and then when i came back in the second time it was much uh, clearer so maybe for like future um skype things like try that but uh, yeah at first i was like oh oh you may yeah because i could hear like basically nothing i was like oh so okay i'll try that cool thanks steven Yeah, I was just listening in, listening to her as she was speaking, you know, in her presence. Uh, I was sitting between Patsy and uh, Brian up in the front row and just kind of uh, listening to to her presence and uh, feeling it in. And I guess... It, in a little way, I mean, I was a little distracted with a candle behind her because I was afraid that it would go out and uh, all. But uh, anyway, it never did. It was fine. And uh, that's just the way my mind operates. It's just that uh, I'm uh, listening on with one part, but then my mind is looking around, making sure that everything else is going okay. And it did. Yeah, you definitely learn <laughs> after a while that, you know, there's only so much we can do and just give the rest to God. 
<sighs> yeah, I uh, I really, um, you know, just being in her presence, she makes me, she reminds me how much I love God, how much I love God. I love God so much, and she just reminds me of that. And um, she uh, recharges my commitment to this work and to living my life as a minister on the planet because she just reminds me that it's the most important work. And I, there are some teachers, Jacob would always like roll his eyes and someone would say, this is the important work, but let him roll his eyes. I feel like this is the important work. It's the only work that really matters, this work of um, loving one another, uh, this work of world peace. And more and more, each month, each year, the significance of having world peace in the mission statement um, gets clearer and clearer to me. And I think that there's a tendency sometimes uh especially in, I think, Kelly, you could probably, you would maybe echo this, that um, a course, sometimes in some Course in Miracles uh, communities, things can feel very cerebral or maybe even cold. Um, but the presence of Venerable Dahani Wahoo is just fire. It's just warmth. You know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, comforting fireplace and being there and the light is the light of love and it's like uh, you just love to be embraced in it and it really does melt away all of the other stuff that we allow to cloud our thinking and distract us and create upset and annoyance in our life um, and that's a really valuable gift and a president and, some, and, and something to really truly that's why I feel like having mentors and people um ahead of us on the path is so important because she really does give us something to work towards, you know, um, and a good model. Um, and it's clear to me why she's Jennifer's teacher, why Jennifer aspires to that um, kind of mother, you know, that ma energy, um, very uh, loving, very nurturing um, just just look right into you and see you and very, very beautiful. So, yes, Team Venerable all the way. Um, if nobody has anything else to share, we can uh, continue on, but uh, I'd like to make sure that everyone feels complete processing and sharing their experience. All right, so let's go back to the Course in Miracles and um, uh, Tom and Amina, you both had sections in the characteristics of the teacher uh, and I don't believe you guys got to go yet and um, it's healing too. Let me see, I'm going to I've gone a little further than I wanted to. So I believe, Tom, your section was joy. Am I correct? Uh, yes, that was right. Great. Uh, so would you like to take your five minutes and um, kind of share with us and teach us about the section joy, about the characteristic of 
teacher of God. Okay. Great. So I'm going to put the timer on for five minutes, and uh, I'll let you know when you are complete. And what's really great is I find everyone is really finishing, like, with, like, a second to spare. It's kind of great. So um, have at it. Five minutes. Joy. Okay. As, as it stated, that joy is the inevitable result of gentleness. And gentlemen, gentleness means that fear is now impossible. And to me, this is this is basically, you know, when we're in joy, we are that gentleness of that. Each of these, uh, each of these uh, uh, areas, they relate one another. They build on one another. The, each of the characteristics. But yet, the, you know, each one can be different, you know, just only in the fact that this is the, just what we call joy. And, you know, when we're in joy, we don't have to attack anything. We don't have to be out there, you know, and saying, you know, that, oh, so-and-so is this or so-and-so is that. Because they... In joy, we are complete already as it is, you know, and we, that teachers, it says God's teachers trust in him, so, you know, we are all, all part of that, that oneness, I mean, we cannot not be, be this joy, this, and joy comes basically from knowing who we are. That God being all there is, and this this is a quality of God, and so this has to be a quality of us. And we are overflowing with this joy because this is who we are, and this is what God says, you know, that we are in Him, you know, what uh, we are in the miniature where God is in the maxature, you could say, and. Uh, so being being joy is just that ever flowing ever vesting inner feeling of that you know that you're already safe that you know you're already there in the flow and your joy when you are in this flow and that when you're out of joy you know means you're not in the flow that there is something, you know, that you're allowing something else to take that presence of of, uh, who you are. And because when you're in joy, when you're in that that, uh, consciousness of joy, you also maintain all the other qualities and the characteristics of a teacher. And when we know that we are ready, that salvation, as it says, you know, we the purpose of salvation is just basically to remind ourselves that this is who we are, and that's all that salvation is. And once once we get in that joy of knowing that this is who we are, that this is all the qualities of God, and this is complete because this is what God is. And 
as if we're going to be teaching God, we need to be, or we needing to express all, all those qualities of God and being joy, you know, is that we're in the flow. And how can we teach something that we're not unless we are getting into that flow of of the uh, of the divine? And knowing this truth, you know, we just know that we are already complete and everything is falls into place as it is when we know this is the, the that we are already divine. So Was that it? That's it. Uh-huh. It's beautiful, Tom. It felt like, uh, to me, my experience of it was it felt like um, a prayer. Mm. It's really great. <laughs> I really like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I like um, that quality of it. You know, this is what I was trying to radiate. So this is mm. that's what it meant to me. Love it. Um. Who would like to, who has, does anyone have a question or a comment uh, for Tom? I thought it was very lovely, Tom. Very joyous. Well, thank you. And this is the holiday season, so we are in joy. So, Stephen, I'm, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. What did you find lovely about it, and what did you find was joyous about it? Um, well, I think kind of like what you were saying, like it didn't feel like a, a teaching so much as it it felt like a um, like a like a blessing, like a like a it wasn't someone talking at you, it was someone talking to you about joy. Like it didn't feel clinical. Like, it felt very organic and um, very heartfelt. Like, you know, you just sat down with tea with a friend, and he's like, let me tell you what joy is. <laughs> I thought you said you just did LSD with a friend. Uh, <laughs> or that. I, was like, that's, I was like, that's what you got from that? Then, uh, oh, he, he said tea. He sat down with tea. tea. Yes, uh, tea. <laughs> <laughs> Great to laugh. That's what it is. It is great to laugh. So good to laugh. Kelly, Amina, any uh, thoughts, insights? I actually uh, had the same thought that Stephen did, that it was, or that you did, Jesse, sorry, uh, that it was like a prayer because it was very affirmative and it was very um, just, you know, sharing the truth. So thank you, Tom. Thank you. Tom said something very interesting, and I'd like to find out each from each of you what your thoughts are. And he said pretty much something to the extent of you can't teach what you're not living. And that's a real good... Uh, it's a really good um, topic of conversation for the, for the practitioner. Um, and why don't we go around 
and share your thoughts about, is it true? Can we not teach what we're not living? And Kelly, why don't you start? Yeah, well, I was just thinking that almost echoed what we've read in the course a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think, you know, because the, the teaching isn't, I mean, yeah, you teach by your words in theory, and yet teaching really is much more from, you know, how you live your life. And so if you're not living it, you know, I mean, the words are what, like, I, I think they've said what, words are like 5% of our communication. And so it's like the words are not nearly as important as what we're demonstrating in our lives. Mm. And so, yeah, definitely, it's completely, you know, and sometimes what we teach is what we're working on learning, but I think that's, you know, people see through that, because if you say one thing and then you're living something else, everybody's like, BS. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so the BS factor goes, you know, gets picked up real quickly, and I think it's, it's definitely, you have to be authentic, you have to be transparent, otherwise it just, you know, if you're trying to teach stuff that's not not real to you, everybody knows that. It is just it doesn't work to fake it. Steven? Um, yeah, I was thinking the same thing of like it's all in that demonstration is teaching. And I think you can certainly speak on things that you're not necessarily living, but if that that authenticity is not there or that um, Odyssey is not there, then you're not really teaching it. You're just um, presenting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom? We learn as we teach. A lot of times what we're presenting, we're teaching it. We, The teacher learns more from his or her student than they actually learn from uh, the teacher. And that's always been the case. You know, if anybody that's been a teacher, you're learning as well as you're presenting or teaching. And to me, you you have to, if you don't have that within you, you're not going to teach it effectively. And you're going to present it like, like Steve and Kelly have said, you know, that, uh, but you're, if you don't live it, you know, then how can you really teach it? How can others see it, uh, see your example? It's like not having your light on. You're you're teaching or you're presenting something, but you don't have that that uh, fire within you, that uh, that enthusiastic uh, quality about you. And Amina? There's not much left to say that hasn't been said so well by my classmates, um, but I, I heartily agree, and I do feel what kept coming to my mind was something about the resonance of the truth. And so if if one is trying to teach from an intellectual perspective that you know they're not embodying, that they're not living, it comes out one way as, as presenting or kind of regurgitating of uh, statements of fact. But when one is truly living it, embodying it, and sharing from that place of of truth, there's a resonance that I think is heard and felt um, that 
that underlies what's being discussed and then obviously um, our demonstration our what what we're actually showing how we're showing up um, has so much to do with what we can effectively teach and share mm-hmm. yeah I definitely aspire to embody the teachings I definitely aspire to embody the teachings I think that's why Venerable is such a powerful teacher because she seems to be the living embodiment of the wisdom teachings, right? I remember one of um, the story someone was sharing about one of her great-grandchildren asked her daughter, you know, was great-grandma ever mean to you? Did she ever did she ever yell at you? And her daughter goes, no, she never did. She was never unkind. She never yelled at me. Which is, I mean, think about that. <laughs> As a parent. You know, um, and yet um, there's, I think there's other teachers that are very popular, very well known that don't, that have a more challenging time living, uh, embodying the principles. I think there's extreme uh, intellects out there that understand, comprehend, and are very gifted orders, but not necessarily embracing the teaching, and they have a huge following. Um, And there's a book. Uh, the impersonal life that we read in Masterful Living with Jennifer. And there was a section in there that really struck me when I read it. And it said, I have many channels. I have many channels. And some of the channels will never practice what uh, comes through them. And pretty much the gist of what it was saying was, but don't worry about it. It's none of your business. <laughs> do what you feel led to do. There's lots of teachers out there, and some of them are going to take on the teachings, and some of them won't. doesn't mean that people won't channel, but I think that the, it's a personal decision that we have to choose of what kind of teacher do I aspire to be? What turns me on? And I know the teachers that I'm most drawn to are those that live the work, that live the teaching, that make their life of it. That's what turns me on uh, because it's what I aspire to do. Am I perfect? No, 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 no. Um, but I feel as though I'm getting better. And also my I notice my recovery time is much quicker. Uh, my... When I, shifting the trajectory or realigning happens much faster than it used to. Mm-hmm. And just from um, a decision-making standpoint, <clears throat> I feel like I can pause and I have enough experience now to know to pause and allow wisdom uh, into the decision-making process Uh I feel like I'm more responsible and less reactionary. I haven't perfected it. Uh, every day I have to do work on it. And, you know, I stumble and fall a few times every day. Um, and I'm still learning, still learning, still learning. But I'm going towards, the, I'm going in the direction that I'm interested in. And that's why I think it's 
it's uh, I'm drawn to teachers like Venerable and Jennifer, who are people that really take it on. And I, I, I suspect that's why you're drawn to me in this program because there's an aspect or part of you that is really interested in taking it on as well. But it's, I feel like it's very important for us to know that there can be lots of teachers that do not take it on. Does it make them frauds? Eh, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's easy to cast a stone, but, you know, they're only a projection. I think they, I think they trigger you and, and get to you only when um, you're healed, there's healing to be done. So they're teaching you in that capacity as well. And a lot of them sell lot, hundreds of thousands of books, you know. And a lot of people you'll find too, uh, you'll really find this. And the more, that, the more time I spend devoted to a community, you see things pop up and then go away, pop up and go away, pop up and go away. It's going to be the next big, huge spiritual thing and then it goes away. Um, because it takes uh, discipline to stay, to stay with something, you know, especially when you are put yourself in a leadership role. Venerable was talking to me about that, about, you know, how the role of the minister might seem monotonous because oftentimes it's just about how are we raising money? How are we raising money? She goes, I rolled, the, minister, the minister talk is always how are we raising money so we can do the projects that are um, creating itself through the community, that are inspired through the community, and how do we <clears throat> create the resources to actualize them and, uh, I mean, she was talking, giving me some really practical pieces of advice about endowments and investments and things so that way so you can continue to create, <clears throat> you know, continue to create a lot of uh, resources to do the projects that you're interested in. And Jennifer was telling me, and I'm sure, like, you guys would be like, what? Because you have an experience with her now, but... You know, she's been the target of many, many people's attacks. You know, uh, the the focus of their anger, and people have tried to call her a fraud and and uh, smear her reputation and her name, and people close to her. You know, uh, giving away very personal information that seemed to you know hurt her, but that's part of her dharma because she's really holding this conscious the space of the awakening of all, you know, uh, what seems to be really traumatic experiences will unfold uh, in front of her because she's, you know, playing that game. She's healing on a deeper level, on a really deep level. And so I think that's important for us to know and recognize too that, uh, and I'm sure many of you have the experience, the deeper you commit yourself to this practice, the bigger the game seems to get, you know, the rug seems to be pulled from under you or um, something traumatic seems to be unfolding. Of course, we say seems to because on the other side of it, we understand it was always for our good. It's always for our good. Uh, Does anybody else have anything they'd like to share on this before we move on to uh, Amina's section? So speaking of defenselessness, <clears throat> wait, is that yours, Amina, defenselessness? Patience. Patience. Oh. 
You're so oh, funny. Jennifer. I love my sense of humor. I know. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Amina. I'll put five minutes on the clock. Okay. okay thank you. Um, so patience, uh, the course says those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. Patience is natural to the teacher of God. All he sees is certain outcome at a, perha- a time perhaps unknown to him as yet, but not in doubt. This time will be as right as is the answer. When you know the truth, when you fully believe and trust that everything is in divine order and that the highest and best is coming forth, then there is nothing to fear. There's nothing to worry about, and there's no reason to be impatient. You just hold that vision of the certain outcome, and you trust in the divine order and timing. And that's our job as practitioners, to hold steadfast to that vision and to know the truth and remember that it will be accomplished without attachment. And so, so many times I just think to myself, gosh, if I really believe all this stuff I say, then what would I be worried about? So, you know, I see that that's where I get a reminder to to let go and to trust and hold that thought. And um, one of the things that I noticed about Venerable, um, when she spoke, was that she was so focused. She did not get distracted. People came in late. She smiled at them. Cell phones were going off. The vacuum was going. All kinds of stuff was happening. And she didn't miss a beat. She just kept going. And she just kept sharing. And she kept smiling. And there was no irritation. There was no distraction in any way. And so to me, that is just like the utmost in patience and, and focus and clarity. And um, that is something that I really aspire to because I, I have a tendency to be impatient. And I notice this, you know, particularly when I want something and I want it now or when I'm driving and <laughs> I'm not getting, you know, the results I want on the road. So um, the other thing I did want to say about this is that similar to what we were talking about when Tom was teaching, that whatever we're thinking about and focusing on, we're radiating out. That is our prayer. And so this all goes to the one mind. So when we are patient, when we are loving, when we are holding that highest intention, it's actually supporting everyone around us and everyone in the transaction that we're having, uh, whatever experience we're having. Um, The next part says everything, this is true for everything that happens now or in the future. The past had no mistakes, nothing that didn't serve to benefit us. Perhaps it was misunderstood at the time. And this is a reminder that everything that's already happened in the past is also in divine order, that we don't need to judge ourselves or judge what happened um, and think that whatever happened in the past was wrong or bad. Um, But we can look for the gift. We know that this has brought us to this moment for whatever reason. And there's always something to learn. There's always a blessing in everything that happens, even if it appears to be devastating and tragic, we know that there's some learning there, there's some spark of understanding that we can glean. And even, you know, in our own experiences, the things that appear to be happening to us are things that when we walk through it, we'll be able to teach through our demonstration, 
people around us can notice what we're doing, how we're moving through this, or we'll have really practical things to share with our clients and congregants and whoever we're supporting. We'll have an experience to draw on to say to them, this is what happened to me and this is how I moved through it and you're going to be okay. So um, the last part, um, the next part is even so the teacher of God is willing to reconsider all his past decisions if they are causing pain to anyone. And I really love this part because this means we can willingly take responsibility for our actions and decisions. And even though we're not to feel guilty about them and we don't, but even though we're not supposed to feel guilty about what we did in the past, it doesn't mean we get carte blanche to go around harming people and doing whatever we want. The ego might like to twist that up. So we can be mindful about what we've done in the past and if we are doing things that have hurt people to let them go, to practice forgiveness, to make amends and consider how we can make a more loving choice in the future. And again, it just goes back to trust being the foundation for all things and that is the foundation of patience. When we fully trust, there's nothing to fear. I... Love it. That was beautiful. So clear. <clears throat> I mean, it's so clear. To be a perfect uh, God shot. Remember that. Uh, maybe we'll have you do that in the next week or uh, next week or so. Really beautiful. Super, super uh, spot on. Loved your insights. Loved how uh, how you uh, taught it. Um, really, really nice. Uh, does anyone else have uh, anything they'd like to share? I thought this was perfect for Amina because she's had this talk with me so many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of reminding me to be patient. But um I especially liked um about the past. That whole that whole section just rang so true. And um I thought that was brilliant. Thank you. Well, I just like how you made because I think uh, you know, initially when you first said patience, I was thinking of, like, the one lesson I heard Jacob Class teach one day, where he was basically like, patience isn't a virtue. Patience is you being in judgment and putting up with that thing. And um, it was interesting, because initially I was like, oh, I wonder how the course is going to approach this. And then, you know, the way you did it was great, because it was really a focus on not like, oh, I'm judging what's happening, but you were really clear that the patience is, you know, knowing the truth of what's going on and, and knowing the truth of, you know, that, that we're all going to awaken and that we're all there. And so I thought it was just a really beautiful way that you, um, without even, you know, like, you know, addressing the negative aspects of what some people think patience is, you know, you made it a really beautiful trait of um, hope and non-judgment. I thought it was really beautiful how you did that. Thank you. And I liked, you know, with the way um, Amina was saying, you know, that, you know, that uh, how impatient sometimes she can be impatient when she wants something real, and sometimes that that wanting or that uh, knowing could probably, when you're patient like that, and I like the way that, you know, if you're reconsidering your ideas of the past, you know, that, and she was saying, you know, that just because. Uh, 
we have done something uh, in the past, you know, does not mean it gives us carte blanche, as she said, you know, to harm others. And I like that part, you know, is that just because uh, we let go of the past does not necessarily mean that we are not uh, having to rectify some of the, uh, the things that we've done in the past to other people to hurt them. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> so let's talk about urgency. Where does urgency, the sense of urgency, arise from? And is urgency ever necessary? And it's when do you think urgency? Huh? It's a fear thought. Yeah, yeah. It's a fear thought. It's this something is terribly wrong, and I have to make it different. Mhm. Mhm. I think also too. And that's when not being the, oh, Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> what What are a couple things that create senses of urgencies which well, I was going to say I think it's also the you know when you have the thought of oh I need to do this because I'm, I'm not getting any younger you know I think when you sort of set this timetable on yourself which again is a fear thought uh-huh. let's explore the word deadline Mm. <laughs> Think about that. It's a horrible <laughs> word, isn't it? I know. <laughs> Deadline. Dead. Dead. We have a real sense of we this needs we need to have a real this is urgent because of the emergency, the deadline here. Oh, the other one I love it. Drop dead date. That's the drop dead date. Like, oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, um, you know, my life really changed when I told uh, Chris that I, I made a commitment never to rush ever again. Do you know how much more enjoyable driving is? Mm. I, I totally mastered it, but I'm getting there. Having experienced being in the car with you and Chris while you were not having a sense of urgency, I can testify that that is true. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting, Jesse, that you're saying that? Because I've heard you say that, and I, I'm really looking to, to hold that intention, too, of that I'm not rushing, I'm, not, um, I'm, I'm right where I'm supposed to be in every moment. But one of the things that I recently noticed in in my work to be more loving with myself is that I recognize like this is the example that came up with just taking a shower that I'm usually rushing when I'm taking a shower, which is not loving. It's not self-love to be rushing through your self-care. And then what, what I, what was under that that I realized is that not leaving myself enough time to get ready not leaving enough, myself enough time to do what I need to do is also not loving. And so how can I 
shift my priorities and shift my schedule and make things different so that I am treating myself with more care and more love and more respect and able to do what I need to do. That's beautiful insight. It's really good. Really, really good. So just to keep building on that, talk about how do we become unbotherable? Mm. I would say being unbotherable is probably being being non-judgmental about uh, anything, you know, that that you go with the flow and you know, your focus is now not in the past or in the future, you know, it doesn't mean you plan don't plan for something, but you know, you you do it in such a way where uh, that you're able to to go with the flow if this if something comes up that wasn't according to plan, you're not feeling all judgmental about it, that this shouldn't have happened, or whatever, but you're just kind of going in with the now, that this is, uh, and it's like uh, uh, Byron Katie would say, you know, that uh, is, it, uh, is it true, you know, is it, is it what we're doing right now is, is uh, does it need that sense of urgency? If we're not botherable, you know, if we're going with what is and not arguing against what is, then basically we're just saying, we're just going with the flow and this, okay, this is the way it is and let's deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Go ahead. And I'll 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 just add oh sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Amika. I'll just add that it goes back to trust and knowing the truth and and being focused and just you know, recognizing that everything is perfect the way it is. And so like just taking it back to venerable like I said, you know, she didn't flinch. She didn't stop. She didn't falter. She didn't get distracted. She knew what she was there to share. And she knew that everything was perfect in that moment, no matter what was going on. And it was. Yep. <clears throat> Being in alignment with truth. Beautiful, guys. So in reviewing all of the characteristics of God, let's play, uh, let's do a moment of honesty. We can do that, transparency here. What, uh, and just be honest, what, uh, what do you think is your strongest quality and what quality could, are you nurturing of the most? <laughs> what quality are you um 
are you holding the space to become masterful and to embody? And uh, we'll let uh, Stephen go first. Ah. Uh, I think my strongest is um, tolerance. Um, I think tolerance and open-mindedness. And the one that I definitely nurture the most is patience. So, and I think it was, you know, just your, um, what you said about not rushing anymore and like driving, I'm like, hmm, that actually would not be a bad exercise for me to take on. So that's the one I I still find myself working with on almost a daily basis. And not so much patience with other people, but mostly just with myself. Beautiful. Kelly, how about you? Um, I think my stronger one would probably be honesty. Um I think I, I think I'm pretty open. It talks it talks you know about not only honesty with others but you know especially honesty within yourself. And I think I tend to be pretty clear with where I'm at um, with myself. And then I think joy and patience I would probably put together just because they both address um, basically accepting that things are how they're supposed to be and not um, fighting against that. And that tends to be probably my struggle is I, I tend to really analyze things and overthink it and, you know, things aren't the way I wanted them to be. I, I get sometimes very frustrated and upset, and so I think that's probably what I'm working on. Beautiful. Great. Good insights. Tom, how about you? Okay, I think my strongest point is focus. When I'm uh, focusing on something uh, and the the job that needs to be done, I come in and, uh, you know, I'm pretty well focused on what needs to be done. And this is, uh, and sometimes I'm so focused that I don't necessarily, I see people when they come in and stuff, and I'm already delegating to them what needs to be done rather than just taking the moment of uh, embracing them as they come in and recognizing them. And uh, I guess that part of me is the one I need to, is that I'm uh, tending to work on is to, and to nurture is to be able to, to, yes, be focused, but also be in the moment and letting people uh, feel the, uh, and know that they are valued, and some a lot of times I haven't uh, been making people feel valued as much as I I could. Beautiful. Great, cool, and Amina. Uh, in terms of these qualities, I would say generosity is one of the easier ones for me, and um, patience and trust are the ones that I get to work with. 
and um, those two really go hand in hand. I'm sorry, can you repeat the ones you're working on again? Oh, patience and trust. Patience and and trust. those two, to me, really go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I like what Tom said when he did his teaching about how all of these build on each other, and it really is true. They do go hand in hand, and they, they um, you need one to have the other, and I think when you can get the embodiment of these qualities, the other ones become easier. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, guys, any last thoughts on the qualities of God? Uh, sorry, qualities of teachers of God? Characteristics? Let's uh, just read them. My book just dropped. Out loud. Not read them. Just name them off. List them. Uh, Let me get there. I'll say I really like this exercise that you had us do, Jesse. I really love this kind of in-depth look at these qualities. Yeah, me too. Well, I've really decided that we are not going to rush through A Course in Miracles because there's absolutely no reason to do so. There's no uh, reason to rush. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the qualities, are the what are the characteristics of God's teachers? One, trust. Two, honesty. Three, tolerance. Four, gentleness. Five, joy. Six, defenselessness. Hello. Seven, generosity. Eight, patience. Nine, faithfulness. And ten, open-mindedness. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, guys. So let's take a... uh, would you guys prefer, uh, well, let's take a five-minute break, and I think we're probably going to end a early tonight, but we'll come back and hop into Testimony of Light. So it's 7.28. We'll take a seven-minute break. Come back at 7.35. Cool? Cool. Cool. All right. See you in a bit. Okay.
Okay, so we are back. Any uh, insights arise during our break? All right, fair enough. <laughs> Testimony of life. So, um, when I had time with Venerable, I asked her, um, <clears throat> you know, I've been really, I'm actually at my sister's house right now. She's downstairs in her little studio cutting hair, and I'm upstairs. My mother's here, too. She's uh, surrounded by all of our dogs. I think in Grandma Heaven. (laughs) And uh, I came over today to help my sister build a little altar for our friend Jake, who passed away. And uh, it was on... uh, uh, it was on the suggestion of uh, Venerable. And she said, and I talked to her about suicide, and she just said it's very sad. And I said, how can I support uh, Jake and, and my sister in this transition period? And she um, suggested that we build an altar for him, or a little shrine, or put, you know, have an area on the altar for him. And um, and every seven days, place on the altar something to symbolize a significant coming of age experience in a man's life. Ones that he won't be experiencing this lifetime because he took his life so at such a young age. She said it's a good um, ritual to do for those who passed young. So hmm. uh, I told my sister and I asked her if she'd be interested in doing this with me and she said that she would. So we came over and we constructed an altar tonight and we put a picture, really lovely picture that my mom found actually of Jake up on the altar and we agreed that the first thing that Jake would have liked to have accomplished, we think, would have been to finish his house. He was in a house that was under construction or he was renovating it. And so I found this cool old kind of vintage uh, um, knob that would go on like a drawer or something like that and we allowed that to symbolize the completion of his home. And we lit candle and we burnt sage and we said a prayer and we put the, um, you know, my sister was holding the knob and when she felt ready, she put it there and it was really wonderful. I, you know, she cried and we just talked to Jake and said, you know, we're sending you light, we're sending you so much light and uh, we love you and and I became so grateful. Uh, I was talking with Patsy about this as well. She said, you know, she has a uh, lost a friend in uh, the Paris attacks uh, this last week and she said she really clung to this book uh, because it gave her a lot of comfort. And I agreed. Um, This process with my friend, so interesting that it happened during this this time when we're so deeply talking about 
what happens next after this lifetime. And uh, I agreed with Patsy. It has brought me so much comfort because every time I think of him, I just surround him with light. I know that I'm beginning to really understand the importance of working with light. Um, And many great, almost all mystic teachings talk about the light, that we are the light of God. And, And as Francis goes deeper into her experience in this other dimensional realm or wherever she is, she talks about the importance of light and understanding it and being able to express more of it and peeling away the blocks of preventing and understanding and expression of it. <clears throat> so, I mean, Ava, I just opened the book and the line I'm, line I'm looking at is, May light descend on earth. The terrible illusions of these shadow places will be dispelled forever. That's the last phrase, a line of our reading, actually. Um, So let's talk about um, the readings. And uh, Kelly, why don't you start? Um, And uh, talk about some of your takeaways. And I'd also like to talk uh, later towards the end of class, and if you'd like to touch on this, you may. Talking about the lower regions that she references. Um, the lower regions. So uh, let's talk. Go ahead, Kelly. What, what's uh, well, your takeaways? I've read ahead. I don't remember exactly what pages we're on. We stopped at page 81. Uh, 81 was where we stopped on the 4th of February. Got it. Yeah. I'm just glancing through for a second. Give me a half a second. Yeah, I think there was, and I'm looking, it was interesting to this there. Um, no, 71, I don't even know what it was. Proceeding it, um, but I'm just looking at my notes. So look upon myself with humility, authenticity, and honesty. Be gentle with where I be content with my growth, and don't rush self-examination and service. And egoically trying to move forward and beyond what oh I remember what I and beyond what I'm ready for. I remember what this was section where she um. You know, she went to the hall and did it like, oh, okay, well, this is nice. So I'm going to go into the rooms. And she got knocked, knocked back. And, you know, she said it was interesting out of that. And, um, you know, she displayed it. I felt succeeded. Um, but then I was reading through that. And I was like, you know, when I try to, you know, like I get frustrated with myself. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not enlightened enough. Or I'm not this or that. Um, and yet, reading that section, you know, I was looking at not only is she trying to push beyond where she was at, but all response afterwards, it was like, oh, wait, I, you know, she was like, oh, I am, um, you, know, you know, that wasn't where I was supposed to be. And she says, you know, I am content. I have to make myself ready for continued service. So that, so that section for me it was really kind of, not so much the afterlife, but I felt like it was a lesson that, you know, quote, quote. Um, but I felt for me it was just a good lesson of seeing how she was like, you know, she was really striving for growth, and yet she, when she allowed her ego to get, she had to kind of 
step back, and then even then she had done, and she just went, oh, okay, oops. That was, that was a little misstep, um, but then she just continued to be of service, and I think that's really what, that just really resonated with me of what I want to make mine, and I, I strive for the best I can, but also through spirit and do it, humility of acknowledging, um, not going into ego, trying to bless, bless others through service and really focus on that. So I think that was the biggest takeaway from that section. It was definitely my longest note. And then I think on page 76, she kind of continued that, where she talked about um, how she was thinking about trying to send messages, and then she was like, oh, but that was selfish because I didn't need that. And again, just acknowledging where it's ego coming into social journey and yep. being willing to release that. Well, I love that you're talking about this, Kelly. Uh, I think it's such a great conversation to have. Um, who can relate to that experience of wishing you were further down the path, wishing you had more insight, wishing you were more enlightened? because that's what she's in the process of unfolding for herself, too, is the awareness of her enlightenment, light enlightenment. Uh, who can relate to that? Um, um, me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the girl who got patience as a <laughs> teacher of God's quality. Yeah, it might have been yeah. easier just to ask who could not relate to that <laughs> right well i wanted you guys to <laughs> let yeah. others know that they're not alone yeah i just have to keep reminding myself there's there's nowhere to get to and i always want to be done but this process of enlightenment unfoldment whatever it is wherever we're going it this the the everything that's on the way is the whole point. Mm. Yes. You know, it's it is the journey, not the destination. But we forget that when we're impatient. How many people have noticed that there are people that get I think the word that Jennifer uses, I want to say enamored or enchanted with sort of the fourth dimensional experiences, that being like psychic experiences or being able to see entities or something like that. Um, anyone that observe people get really fascinated with the phenomena, spiritual phenomena? Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. It's interesting uh there's this great documentary called God. I want to say it's like Wake Up or Awake or something like that. And it's about this dude. He's this good southern boy. I think he's from North Carolina or Georgia. One of those. And uh, he's living in New York and he's just like a soda drinking 
southern boy in New York, and he starts to see angels, like, all around. And then it's happens mm-hmm. all the time, and he can see light beams all the time. And he didn't ask for it. It just started to happen. And it happened, like, it was right after his friend died in the motorcycle accident. He saw his friend, like, he saw something corresponding with that, and I, like, opened the door. And so the documentary is following him as he goes and gets tested to see if he's schizophrenic, if he had some sort of brain damage. He had all these brain scans. They couldn't find anything. And they were like, well, pretty much the conclusion is you're probably seeing something. You don't seem to be crazy. And then he goes on this journey and he meets with all of these spiritual leaders, all um, like Buddhist leaders, uh, indigenous leaders, all of these, like, all these great teachers. And, of course, he gets to the mystic. And the mystic's sort of like, well, all right, so you're seeing things. <laughs> well, what? So, what? <laughs> what are you trying to make it mean? You know, because you could, you got the sense that the mystic was like, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's okay, so you see light beings. Like, I think the guy was looking for this, you know, this uh, sort of an affirmation that, oh, you're very special. This is very important that you can see these light beings. When, uh, you know, the mystic was sort of pretty much just like, well, what are you going to do with it? Like, I don't know what you really want from me. (laughs) You know, Uh, because, yes, he goes, yeah, there's light beings. Like, you know, of course, they're here. Great, good, you can see them. That's cool. And uh, don't make it mean something. Don't try to find your specialness in it because that, within that, is just another ego trap. Oh. And uh, so this draw, you know, to in a lot of spiritual, this 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 um, draw to like psychics wanting to like enhance my psychic ability, my intuitiveness, and all this stuff. Even like I have fifth dimensional, you know, uh, I'm tapping into fifth dimensional frequency. So much of that is ego. I remember for so long, I wanted a white light experience. I wanted that, that moment that, uh, you know, like where uh, entity or angel, something would visit me, maybe even just my sleep, and they would just tell me, Jesse, you're on the right path. This is it. It's all real. It's all real. Keep going. And I get now that was just my fear that I was going down the wrong path. And also, I wanted that experience that would make me special. And, uh, but instead, what has been, what what I've had to do is continue to follow that intuitive nudge and deepen my practice, deepen my, uh, you know, open, remove the blocks, open the channel so I can hear more clearly the voice of my intuition, my guidance. Um, and release that ego attachment to having something special and spectacular happen. Uh, and the same goes in our spiritual practice, what Francis is talking about. And that's why I feel like this book is so brilliant, because it just tells us we just keep evolving. We just keep going, even in this realm. She wanted into the halls. You know, She wanted to be where the light beams were, and she said that she got really kind of sick, you know, like uncomfortable. She had to go back to her own little place, you know, uh, because she was trying to, she was hoping to be more at a higher frequency than she she was. 
how wonderful that uh, I love how authentic she is in the sharing and how wonderful mm-hmm. that it is to be. I feel like this book is such an invitation to just say, just take your time, take a breath, look at what's around you, enjoy this, enjoy the scene, enjoy the people in your life. Um, uh, Stephen? Um, well, I want to kind of back up too to what you, about the book in general, like it's really sort of um, like reaffirmed my belief in reincarnation in a way, because like to me, it only makes sense that when this chapter ends and you go to this other side and you continue to study and grow, that of course you would bring that back in your next lifetime in your left next incarnation. So it was like, Oh, okay. So you don't start from zero because I, for years I always wondered like where, you know, what I just always chalked up as curiosity before, like, you know, even as like 10 years old being interested in this kind of stuff of like, where does that come from? And now that to me makes sense. Cause it's like, Oh, okay. So clearly I've been doing this for a while. And every time I can come back, it's just like, okay, I'll pick this up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, maybe this time I graduate or something. I don't know. But that's one thing I noticed um, in reading this book that it kind of reaffirmed for me. Um, the couple of my takeaways from the um, this last reading was uh, one is in like the very beginning of where she's um, talking about the power of thought of how here we're kind of able to um, hold on. I think I underlined it. Um, only there thought is slower in action because all vibration and hence all results or effects are slower and one has a facade or a persona with which no mask, which to mask thought. So it's like here we don't necessarily see um, the effects of our thoughts right away, that sometimes we have this, um, some would call it a luxury of days, weeks, months, years to see the effect of um, a school of thought. Um, that it has on your lifetime, if you see it on this side. And um, I love how it, she says, um, on the other side, here, once thoughts return to one, like boomerangs, potent and immediate in their effect. As a thought, negative or positive, comes into mind, it is crystallized into immediate action. And I, I had a moment of like, oh, my God, what would life be like <laughs> if that happened on this side? But then I was like, actually, it would probably be really sweet because you would get over your shit a lot quicker. And then well, my- I, I actually have a question. I love that you, this, uh, I was hoping that, uh, you know, someone would touch on this tonight, on that section. Um, my question to you is, is that true? Is that true? Is it so different here? Is it so different here? Knowing, have you had the experience, Stephen, where somebody says something and you can see instantly where that thought is going to take them? Um, it is clearer to me now. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's result of this work, though. Like, you know, five years ago, three years ago, um, I would have said no because um, I think because one, I would have played along with whatever that thought was, uh-huh. you know, because, Oh, got to please you. 
Gotta make you like me. Um, so I would have played along with that thought. Whereas now it's, and even in myself, I catch it a lot quicker now where I'm like, okay, this is not going to, this is not going to be helpful in the end. So mm-hmm. we can either change that thought now or we can go ahead and follow this path, let it not be helpful, and then be like, ah, I knew it when I chose it. <laughs> it wasn't going to be helpful. So I'm I'm definitely more aware of it now. But I, it's it's more often than not that it's more instantaneous now than it was before. But I'm not at 100% for sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know... I was going to save this until the end. Maybe I shared this last week. I'm not sure. But I truly feel, and I actually I remember when I shared this with Reverend Muriel, this book with Reverend Muriel, she read it, and she, we talked about this. I truly feel that this book was written in the 60s. There's a part of me that feels like we're here. We're there. Yeah. She's, she's writing about, she's writing about, the realm that we are in right now, I feel as though we have evolved to that space where there are no secrets. Thoughts and thoughts manifest instantly, and there are other planes in which people are unaware that their thoughts manifest instantly. They're unaware that they can have whatever it is that they like. And the more that we turn our attention to the light, the more we understand this. Just like you said, because five years ago, yeah, maybe I, I. Uh, wouldn't have said it, but, but that's a result of this work. This work is supporting me and being able to see it more clearly, but that's what she's saying with her, too. The work that she's worked doing in the light is helping her see things more clearly. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of contemplate that this week, and maybe everyone can contemplate that this week. Um, and uh, uh, about... And think about that. We'll just try that on just for sizes. Think about what if she's writing about this realm? How is that? How do I relate with it? And how do I feel like maybe it's a little beyond where we are? Because they talked about uh, later on, you know, houses with no walls. Houses with no walls. People are in houses with no walls, but they think that there's walls, but there's no walls. And it's like, well, that's the same here. Like, we're so transparent. Like, you cannot walk in. You cannot be having, holding the thought of judgment or anger or resentment and not think that everybody isn't aware of it. So, let's, uh, did you have more, Stephen? Um, no, I, well, the only other thing I had was, uh, it was towards the end of the uh, reading uh, where she talks about the phrase, the good life. And I love how she says it. Um, I do not attach any sloppy interpretation. The good life, as those here see it, is not a sentimental, vague dream of goodness. Neither is it the ego swelling, do-gooding, and praying publicly, which Jesus condemned in the Pharisees. As I am learning here, the following of the true inner light, the obedience to the guiding of that light, and the con- con- yeah. <laughs> I can't speak tonight, and consequent work and action prescribed by the wisdom of that light. These constitute the good life, the full life, the life more abundant of the scriptures of all religions. I thought that was a very beautiful um, summary. Yes. 
Yes. Beautiful. Well done, Stephen. Uh, Tom, uh, what's out for you? Uh, a number of things uh, kind of stood out for me, you know, especially like she was uh, kind of pulled way under uh, and over her head, you know, uh, her understanding and the light, you know, when she was going up uh, in in uh, these realms of consciousness and these other uh, spheres and stuff, and uh, where she does say in here that it's all thought, you know, thought is instantaneous on that level. And here on uh, this uh, level, as uh, Steve was reading, that uh, this, uh, so on the earth plane, you will say that from which I had just graduated, only their thought is slower in action because all the vibration and hence all results or effects are slower. And one has a facade, a persona, a persona with uh, which to mass thought. And here, you know, and as we were discussing, I've had experiences where I have said something and it was like I had no more got the words out of my mouth than it was happening. And then, of course, going back, you know, uh, saying stuff, you know, that I want, uh, was uh, asking for and, and all this, and being on a slower plane. And it goes back to uh, the Course of Miracles we were just talking about was trust. And a lot of it is, you know, I I just didn't have the trust in a lot of things that I I could have. And I guess because, you know, my mind is always questioning. I always question. And my parents always called me the rebel of the family because I was always questioning stuff that... Uh, and uh, doing things uh, contrary to the way they were doing it. And so they were saying that I was doing things to be different. But it was because I was going back to this trust level that somehow in my mind there was I didn't have that trust level that I wanted to have in a lot of things. And Francia and I were discussing on the way back from Venerable the other night about, you know, I was talking to her about uh, um, how, um, uh, what's the lady, uh, Della Reese was, uh, she basically carried the show because of her faith in God, and there was an article there in Success Magazine this uh, month on that. But to me, and I was telling her all of this, and I said, and I had seen, Della Reese uh, a number of years ago walking in. My sister and I had just finished uh, eating in this restaurant over there in Marina Del Rey. It was on Easter Sunday several years ago. And uh, we were just finishing, and in comes Della Reese. And you could feel that presence and stuff that, uh, uh, of, about her. And I sang to Francia about this, and I wish I had that presence about me that uh, she did, you know, and she said, well, you know, if you could see it uh, in her, you know, it, it, it just brought it out in you, you know, you, otherwise I would not have been able to see it, and I I went home and I thought about that, you know, and 
thought about that presence, and it goes back to that level of trust. But in the mind here that we were saying, you know, thoughts here is slower, but it 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 can be instantaneous depending on our faith, our level of faith. And when we believe in something so strongly, and when we declare something, it's instantaneous, or in our our world as close to instantaneous as it will be. Beautiful. Beautiful. I know I was a little long-winded there, but I wanted to bring that out. Well, there's long-winded and then there's passionate. And I like to think that you are preaching, preaching the word, my friend. Brother. Who has something they'd like to share? Uh, any thoughts about Tom? Well, I thought that was beautiful, Tom. And it's interesting that you you shared the same ones that Stephen did because that's what I was going to do. So there's kind of nothing for me to add at this point. <laughs> Except for it's just so it's so cool and it's so exciting to contemplate this stuff and I think you know what Stephen was saying about the um, five years ago and three years ago what you would have thought of how things manifest or how what your awareness is this is a different time this we are we have evolved since 2012 there is more light coming in. So you're noticing that and the work that you've done the past five years is also helping you see that more. So you could say we're all on the same page, literally. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) When you see, I love that you said that, Tom, and, and really that the resonance is so deep in what we're all reading and responding to. Mm. Oh, so beautiful. What has been, uh, well, let me start here. What has been your um, biggest takeaway from this book so far, Amina? Oh, gosh. Um I don't even know how to answer that, Jesse. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's really all of all of these things that we've been talking about—the importance of light, the importance of our thoughts, understanding the the truth of our being—and um, then it's also just it's given me so much to think about. I think others have have shared the same thing of like, well. It makes you think about well, what did I think happened after we die from this, you know, lady's bodies down? What what do I think happens next? And you know, I do believe in reincarnation, and I'm not exactly sure if I a hundred percent believe every experience goes in the same way. But I think as Patsy and you talked about a couple of weeks ago in our Saturday class of how it's a 
our experience will be a reflection of what's familiar to us. And so that actually helps me a lot to open up a little bit more. And, um, yeah, I'm feeling quite inarticulate at the moment. (laughs) Beautiful. I think you're beautiful. Um, Tom, what's been your biggest takeaway? Basically, my biggest takeaway is that we are the light, and we're in the not only in the light, but we are that light. And in here, and she does talk about this on different levels. And then, you know, people have come in uh, into that next realm, you know, having done terrible, atrocious things in this world that they're they're still in their level of darkness or in their level of consciousness that they are not good and they haven't yet seen the light but the light is within them it just hasn't uh, they just can't see it and it hasn't been brought out in them you know to for them to be able to resonate with it but to me we're the it's basically she's going on and all of all of her experiences and stuff what she's talking about is that we are still children of the light and we are so that you know we are light. Yes. Beautiful. Kelly? Um, I think the section I share plus I think the the part on the surgeon really touched me a lot of just the, um, you know, that we don't know the impact our lives have had on others. And so to be gentle with ourselves and not, you know, not be like, oh, I'm a failure on this or that, but, you know, know that we've done the best we can and be willing to accept, you know, the blueprint may have smudges, but it's still intact and to just really um, have, 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 trust in that and have trust that whatever you're supposed to accomplish got done to the degree it needed done um, and to not judge yourself and beat yourself up on that. Beautiful. And Stephen? Um, I feel like it changes the more we get into the book, but I think the one that's kind of stayed with me the most is the Jewish mother and the Nazi. Um, just how, even though she was filled with so much, um, you know, hatred towards this man, it was that she still had that sliver of love for her husband and child. That um, once she crossed over and made that transi- transition, you saw the difference between the Nazi who just, seemingly had no love in her, like, I can't think of a better way to term it, but how much she was able to advance on that side. So it's just like, yeah, that love is, love is always the thing. (sighs) There's not, I really feel like this book, there's not so much to teach, but there's so much to discuss. Because I'm inviting everybody to just like she like like Francis invites us to do, 
is to shift the angle of belief. Shift the angle of belief. And um, I was thinking about this because, you know, it really is uh, important that you practice spiritual sovereignty in this um, program and in any sort of philosophical conversation you enter. Meditate on uh, your thoughts, on your responses. But um, it really is... uh, this book for me, I just, I have the experience which I've had many times and this is the experience that guides me to uh, an awareness, which is just the essence of remembrance. It just, I feel like I'm remembering this work. Like, it just resonates as truth to me. I'm not, I don't even question it. it I contemplate it, but it feels like such um wisdom, the deep wisdom and uh I feel like Francis the 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 woman sharing this information is such a teacher and she's so um mindful and so uh she pays such great attention that she her sharing is so clean and so pure and the, the channel is so pure it just comes across as just pure wisdom. Mm. And there are parts, uh, as we continue to go uh, further along, that just are, they're just poetry, plain poetry. Oh, so good. All right, well, Um, okay, so uh, homework. Uh, if you could write this down, please. Your reading homework is to read through page 105. You'll end on the 19th of February. Through page 105, and you'll end on the 19th of February. And please share in the Facebook group your insights and takeaways about the story of the artist. Your insights and takeaways on the story of the artist. And the second part of your share, so do a paragraph on your takeaways and the second part of the share, the second paragraph should be, when have you been the artist. When have you been the artist? Or when was there a time in the li- in your life where you could relate to the artist? And we actually don't have class next week, taking it off for the uh, holiday. So I'm going to give you some reading as well. Uh, you know, just actually don't worry about it. I'll send you out a little uh, extra reading in the course, actually. And, uh, but that'll be for later. So just uh, do that reading and share it so you can get that into the Facebook group uh, before, let's say before Thanksgiving. <laughs> And um, that'll be that. Uh, Anything else? Any questions? 
I was going to say just if, if any for anybody that hasn't signed up for bingo volunteering yet, please check the all practitioners page and sign up. If you can ask people on Saturday to do that also. Uh, yes, I will try to remember. Can you send me an email reminder to do so? Got it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, guys, make sure that you're checking in and uh, everyone should participate in the bingo in some capacity. And I look so forward. I look so forward to enjoying that evening with you all right next to Amina in her happy place at bingo. <laughs> you know what's my favorite. <laughs> Oh, I love you all so much. Any uh, anything else? Does anyone have anything else they want to share? Okay. Well, uh, let's pray. Taking a deep breath in and out. <sighs> so grateful, so thankful for mm, all the good, all the good expressed here, all the light expressed here. Grateful for these light beings that are sharing this time with me, grateful for their time, their attention, grateful for their intention, grateful to be in such good company, grateful for all the healing that is unfolding, grateful for all the miracles that are expressing, grateful to stand as teachers of God with these wonderful, wonderful comrades. How beautiful it is to know the truth, to commit a life to the unfoldment of the truth, to your channel for the truth. Mm. Yes, and let's go forward this evening in peacefulness, unbotherable, engaged and enjoy, resting peacefully, allowing whatever healing that needs to unfold to unfold easily in our sleep state, our dream state, surrounding ourselves with angels and guides to accompany us through the night, waking up in a Renewed, restored, and rejuvenated, remotivated, reignited. And we're just sharing all the healing benefits of this evening with everyone because truly we are one with them. In grace and gratitude, we release the word, we let it be. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, yes, indeed. Um, I love you all so much, and I look forward to uh, connecting with you guys this uh, Sunday. And so, uh, yeah, have a good ordination Sunday, Jeff. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> Yay. It should be a fun, be a fun uh, event. And um, if you are involved in the ordination, I'm going to actually request that, uh, that uh, we can get to the Heart Center, and maybe around 10 o'clock to do a little uh, run-through. We'll pass okay. this run-through and then help set up and stuff if it's possible. Uh, yep. And um, I'm going to get there early to help set up and stuff. So um, I love you all, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Love okay. you. Love all you. Right. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 All right. Good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.